real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Another KIRP radio show. Beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. Shout out to everybody out there who continues to listen to the number one show online in the eastern United States, as we do with B.I.G. in your neighborhood. Definitely want to tell everybody welcome to the show who are newcomers to the show, and we definitely appreciate all the love that you guys continue to show and all the support that you guys continue to show, because without you guys, we could not do this. Uh, we would still do this, but we definitely couldn't do it without you guys. And, uh, man, I really appreciate all the love that we show. Uh, 8.03 p.m., 8.04 p.m. now on the East Coast for all my West Coast folks out there. So shout out to my West Coast folks. I see you guys. UC Berkeley, I see you. 
Southern Cal, I see you guys, and uh, all the other folks out there on the West Coast. Nevada, Las Vegas, I see you guys as well. All my colleges out there, it is about that time of the year for kids to go back to school or for young adults. Let me let me get that corrected. Uh, this Just this past week, I had a college student uh, correct me on something that I was saying when I said, all you kids, so... A lot of college students don't like to be called kids. They they consider themselves adults, and I consider them adults as well. I mean, let's just face it. After you graduate high school, uh, that's a new transition in life. That's a major milestone for a lot of individuals out there. So to all you young adults out there, correcting myself, uh, please forgive me, but to all you young adults out there, I appreciate all, all the love that you guys show. And, uh, you know, good luck on your year. You know, it's time to go back. Folks are piling up their cars. There's a lot of parents piling up their cars and uh, renting vehicles and buying the mini refrigerators and, you know, swiping their credit cards to get extra dry goods and the canned foods that can be the microwavables and all this stuff for their kids to, uh, you know, move into the dorm and start a new chapter in their lives. And uh, it, it, it's a brilliant, it's a noble, excuse me, it's a noble uh, thing. It's a, it's a major thing. Uh, a major event, if you will, that takes place in your life when one goes to college. And, and and it's different, you know, when you move into the dorm versus living at home, I think. Um, you know, some people might disagree with me, but I, I think it's more comfortable when you go to college and you're still living in, in mom and dad's home. Uh, I, I, I won't say the challenges aren't the same, but I, I do believe that it's a different challenge when you go to college and you move out of the house totally, you know, and, and, and even especially uh, more difficult when you move out in, in from out of state and you move into the dorm or, or into a dorm uh, in a strange place, okay, uh, a lot of the times in a new city, uh, in another state, sometimes across the country. And that's a difficult, that's a difficult challenge for a lot of young adults, I mean, let's just face it, most of, uh, most of our children um, have not lived outside of our homes for a long period of time to the tune of months at a time or years at a time. You know, most of our children haven't done that, and they haven't had to fend for themselves. You know, they haven't had to cook for themselves. They haven't uh, – a lot of kids don't know how to clean. I mean, when I was coming up, those are things that we were taught uh, you know, from a very small child, but nowadays it's a little bit different. So, you know, there are uh, young adults who don't know how to clean up behind themselves and, and who don't know how to cook for themselves and, and things of that nature or even navigate around a city or, or take a city bus or, you know, call a taxi or what may have you. So there's a lot of challenges that people face when they go off to school versus going to school in their own homes. And, you know, I, I see a lot of it uh, in, in the cities that I've lived in. I've seen a lot of it, and I continue to see a lot of it in the triad region, you know, where I live at now in, of North Carolina, the Burlington, Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem area. Uh, I see a lot of the kids, and, and a lot of times you can tell it. You know, they have this uh, newfound freedom look on the on their faces a lot of, a lot of times. Um I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. And I think it's very difficult to to transition into a dorm room where you're living with strangers. I mean, let's just face it. 
when you move into a dorm, you're living with strangers, and I hope and pray to God that your parents left you with some kind of, like, morals and some kind of respect about yourselves. And, you know, you know, I, I just hope that what your parents taught you guys, and I'm talking directly to you young adults who are going into a dorm and, and, and living away from your parents, even if you're off campus, but, you know, to young adults who, are, who have moved away from your parents and you're living on your own, you know, w- when times get tough, you got to revert back to what, revert back to the essence. You know what I'm saying? You got to revert back to what your parents taught you, and you got to use those survival skills uh, at their at, at your highest ability. Um, there are there are literally people who are out here ready to take advantage of your children, folks. Uh, and and now talking to the parents, there there are there are people who are who can't wait for your child to move into the dorm so they can manipulate them in taking what they have or robbing them or taking advantage of them or, and, and there's nightclubs who prey on this. And, you know, these, some of these promoters that promote these nightclubs, they prey on this. And, you know, it's just so many people, it's, it's so much going on around. So if your children aren't ready, and I know this is going to be a major blow, but I'm just saying what I feel and I'm speaking from the heart, uh, being that we're talking about education on this show and, and a few things surrounding that, but speaking from the heart, folks, I got I to gotta tell you guys what's real, man. It's keeping it real with Pudgy. I got to tell you guys what's really on my heart and, and how I really feel. You know, and, 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 and see, listen, I understand that a lot of parents prepare from before their children were even born. They prepare for their children to go off to college. I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. I, I, I get it. I'm looking forward to it one day, I hope, and, 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 and I understand where you're coming from, having five children of my own, uh, one, one high school senior who will be getting ready to go to college in, in a year from now or before, and um, I, I get it. I understand, you know, the whole concept of wanting your child to go off to college and do good for themselves, but I, I just got to tell you guys, all you parents out there, and even some of you uh, – high school seniors and some of you uh, uh, young adults who are, who are already enrolled in college, parents, if your child does not display the proper understanding of how to uh, uh, blend in society and how to fend for themselves and how to take care of themselves the most basic ways, the washing of the clothes, the you know, just handling your business. If your child doesn't understand that concept and, and, and if your child is highly irresponsible with simple things, the truth of the matter is it's probably not the best idea to send them to another state and expect them to do well taking care of themselves with very minute supervision in addition to going to college and getting a whole new concept of education and having to do it on their own. If they don't display the proper, simple responsibility that they should display in your home, all bets are off for them making it through college. All bets are off for them making it through college. All bets are off. 
you are setting yourself up for 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 a potential nightmare, okay? You are setting yourself up for potential failure, most likely. You are setting yourself up for those 3 a.m., 4 a.m. phone calls or those middle-of-the-day phone calls while you're in your office or while you're on your job. You are setting yourself up for ultimately a surprise from your child. Something you don't expect will happen. Something you didn't prepare for will happen. I'm not saying that it's always tragic. I'm not saying that it's always going to be tragic. I'm not saying that it's always going to be the most highly negative, horrible thing. But I promise you, promise you, that if your child isn't responsible in your own home, all bets are off when they're out there on their own with maybe the supervision of a, a dorm administrator or, or AD or something to that matter or campus security or something like that. Because we're, a lot of the times we're, we're shutting our kids down on the freedom that they want to have. Like how many times, and I, and I want you guys to really ask yourselves this too, and, and I'll get to the topic of the show and let you guys know about my guests who will be on, and, and, and we'll talk about that. We're going to go into Common Core and, and many, many more things tonight. But you got to ask yourself, how many times have you shut your kids down from asking you something just plain stupid? Okay, I'm not calling your kids stupid. I'm not calling my kids stupid. I'm not saying that anybody's stupid, but sometimes our children ask some stupid questions. And as they get older, Something about age and something about the, 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 their being around their friends and something about them looking in the mirror and, and, and seeing a little bit of chin hair or a little bit of facial hair or, or, you know, or, or whatever. You know, it's something about them growing up that makes them ask for things that you and I both know that they're not prepared for. And it's our job as parents to say, you know what? You ain't ready for that, man. You, 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 you ain't ready for that. Um, you know, let, let's rewind a little bit. Let's calm down. You, you, you're not ready to, to drive a car, an, an, a car that expensive, right? You're not, in some cases, you're not ready to have your own vehicle. You know, you wouldn't know what to do with that. And, and, and also, in some cases, you're not ready for a job, you know. So it, it's, it's our job as parents to shut our children down on some of the things that we know they're not prepared for. So, you know, you, you, you. Let me just repeat myself because a lot of parents don't believe this. And, and, and I know, as I said before, I know you prepare your entire lives for, you know, that one day when your child will go off to college. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Like I said before, I'm looking forward to it too, I think. But I, I, I like to say that we're smart enough, my wife and myself, I, I like to believe that we're smart enough not to put our children in that kind of situation or our young adults in that kind of situation, you know, if your children aren't ready, if they're not responsible in the house, for example, if they can't remember to do their chores on a weekly or, or the daily basis, okay, if they can't remember to do the chores on a weekly basis without you constantly reminding them, or they can't remember to clean up behind themselves in the kitchen or to pick up their socks, and I know people get in the rush, and I understand some people are just messy, and it has nothing to do, it has zero to do with how responsible people are. 
but I'm talking about our children. I'm talking about our young adults. And you can't just take your kids to a new city just because you made a campus visit and you rode around the city and looked at how pretty things were during the day and you didn't ride into the scums of those cities at night. You don't really know what's going on. You look on the website and you get statistics or, or maybe you go to the sheriff's department or the college. They're going to give you some skewed statistics about how bad or how good or bad the city is. So if you're willing to drop your child off in a city like that, of, of any caliber, no matter how good or bad it is, and just drop them off and expect them to be responsible and, 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 and to live, you know, prosperous and to be uh, 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 good citizens and good individuals and great students and to be responsible enough to go to class and to maintain a job and, and this and to study and don't party and don't make bad decisions. If your children aren't responsible in your own house, what in the world makes you believe that they're going to be responsible when you put them off in a city that you know zero to nothing about? That's just the truth of the matter. Look, that, that truth even goes for me and my family too, right? That's one thing about the truth. It holds true for all of us. We don't have to like it. You know, real truth, real talk radio. That's what y'all get right here. Every time you see that hashtag, it's real. A lot of the things that I talk about and a lot of the things that I put out there is calling me. It's calling me out too, and and that's part of growth. That's 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 what God does for us, right? If we if you really believe in God, that's what God does for us. You know, the truth in God, the truth in us believing in God, it makes us see ourselves. It's up to us to believe it or not, but it makes us see ourselves. If you really believe in God, you look in the mirror and you see yourself for who you are, and you should be able to fix that, or you should be able to work on that. And you pray for courage and strength, you know, encouragement and strength to be able to go forth and try to fix that, if you will, for the better. Because a lot of people think that you can just jump in. Let, let me switch gears for a second. And I'll, I'll go back to the college thing in a minute. And I definitely want to ask my guest about this, too, when we bring on and we start talking about Common Core, because let's just face it, the school is raising a lot of our children. Contrary to popular belief, the school is raising our children. You got to look at it like this. For example, your child for nine months, your child gets up at six or seven or five or six or seven or whatever. They get to class around seven or eight or school, and they're in school for eight hours or nine and ten hours even, sometimes 12 or more. So they're in school, and they're getting direction from school administrators, right? And to a large extent, that's not – sometimes there's school administrators that we don't approve of. Like sometimes you may live in a district where your child has to go to a school that you don't approve of. And the truth of the matter is we don't know all the administrators that's in the schools. We don't know all the teachers and what type of personalities they have because just because they're a teacher don't mean they have a proper personality. That's a joke in itself, right? A, a, a teacher, an administrator, a teacher, is, that's just a job for a lot of people. And, and I think it's important that we understand that. It's important that we remind each other that, it's just like a policeman, you know, we, we hold these people that hold these community jobs, we hold them to such high regard and we respect them and we expect them to do, you know, things that are, are most beneficial for the community and what's most beneficial to our children and our families. But the truth of the matter is, for a lot of them, it's just a job. It's nothing special, you know. A, a lot of teachers, and, and I have teachers that are friends, Right? Principals and assistants and, and all that good stuff, counselors and all that. They say the same things that some of you say. You won't catch me saying this, but not, not very often, 
because I thank God for the job that I have no matter where I'm working and when I'm working. But a lot of people will say, oh, Lord, y'all said it before me, right? Time to go back to work and deal with these kids, right? That's what a lot of teachers are saying because some of y'all have some badass kids. (laughs) That's just the truth of the matter. I'm sorry. Once upon a time, I didn't believe children could be bad. I I thought it was, I I don't know what I thought, right? I don't know what I thought. I, I just didn't believe that. I thought all children could be rescued. I thought all children were okay, and it's just an issue they're dealing with and something that were, something that's going on in the house. But you know what? A lot of times there ain't nothing going on in the house, right? They're getting raised to, to the best of their parents' ability. They have all the things that they need to get by with. But a lot of times your kids make decisions to just be a bad seed. They make bad decisions, and they turn into bad people because bad people make bad decisions, and they carry those bad things out. That's just the truth of the matter. So when you tie all those things together, if you have a bad seed or a child who's irresponsible and you decide that, okay, it's time to go to college and we're just going to drop you off in this school, all right, in this same place where a lot of the professors or a lot of the administrators or a lot of the teachers are going, oh, God, I got to go back to work and deal with these bad kids or, or, or two-thirds of these kids who don't want to listen or don't want to complete assignments or who wants to be confrontational, When you put all that together, what you have is a society who doesn't believe in what they see in the mirror. And this is where I believe we are today as a society in the whole. And that's a part of what we're going to talk about on the KRP radio show tonight. My my guest, Adi Christ, she's going to come on. Chris, excuse me. She's going to tell us about Common Core. She's going to talk about her book. And, and, and we're really going to get down into details. Actually, I'm going to bring on early in about four minutes uh, after, after the, we're going to go to the 830 break at 825. So we're going we're to bring on a little early so we can really get down into the details because I can't believe, and, and it's been happening over and over and over and over and over in our society, but I can't believe in, in a time like today where uh, uh, teachers, students, Sexual relationships are at an all-time high, right? Sexual predators in the school system are at an all-time high, okay? So I can't believe today that any, any, any parent, uh, let me speak to the men, I can't believe any father would be willing to, n- not taking anything away from the sons, but we'd be willing to drop your daughter off at a university around all these men that you know nothing about, who's ready to take advantage. And some, some people go to college with only the understanding and only the want to deceive, to sleep with as many chicks as they can sleep with and manipulate as many men, women as they can manipulate. They don't plan to go to school for a certain degree. They go to school to party, party, party. And sometimes within those years or within the scope of those years, if they didn't flunk already out, some, somewhere within the scope of those years, they wise enough, they smart enough, they grow up, and they decide, okay, I'm here for a degree. Let me work on that. Some people. But there are some people who are at these schools, and that's the only thing they want to do is party. You know, they have no intent to go in there and graduate, and they're not thinking about graduation. They're not thinking about a career. They're going to college because they heard college was fun, and they're going to have a good time. So in the meanwhile, these responsible parents are going to drop their irresponsible children off and mix them sometimes in the same building where, where they lay their head take showers, sleep, and eat with these same people who don't care nothing about you, themselves, or their parents, or respect, or any morals. And you mix all that in the pot, 
and you add a little bit of liquor, and you add a little bit of sand, and you add a little bit of hand, and what you're going to get out is what I just said earlier. What you're going to get out of that is a phone call in the middle of the night, a phone call during the middle of the day, a hurt or flunked out child, whether it's hurt feelings or hurt physically, okay, and hurt feelings by yourself and a whole lot of wasted time and dime. You listen to the KRP Radio Show, baby, 619-638-8559. Check us out on iTunes, and we also have an app, man. We have an app, excuse me. Go to the Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. Scroll down. Look at some of the stories we got on there, man. It's a lot of different stories we have on there. We try to share everything. I want you guys to check out that little clip of uh, Freeway, Freeway Ricky Ross, all right? One of the most uh, notable drug kingpins, who was actually doing business with the government, by the way, if you don't know the story. So check out the interview that he was talking about and how he was uh, he was speaking on prison being a business and uh, the value of drugs being inflated and who set the value and things like that. Check out that that, that uh, interview. Got a clip from that. And uh, it's, it's on the Facebook page. So guys, make sure you check that out. Hit us up on Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show, at symbol NC Pudgy. Let me give it to you again, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show, all right? I'm not saying it too slow. You're listening. I'm not saying it too fast. You're listening too slow. We'll be right back after these messages with Arthur Artie Christ. K-I-R-P Radio! It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. Hey Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing in the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. And become a starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. And become your mom's favorite player? Whoa. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR. 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government. 
Two million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, folks, to the KIRP Radio Show, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. We are having uh, a conversation about basically responsibility. We're talking about Common Core. We're talking about school and, uh, you know, morals, respect. We're talking about a bunch of things here on the show tonight. Uh, but I, I just want to welcome someone to the show who I've had on the show before, and uh, I don't know if you guys have had – uh, I don't know if you had the, the, the liberty to hear this woman speak before, or I don't I don't know if you heard uh, about her book, or or maybe you heard on on last week's show when she came on and she shared with us. And and this is the person who uh, I will say who was the beacon of light in North Carolina and who was first talking loud about what Common Core was. Uh, Adi Christ. Uh, author of God is Not Dead, his word, the Bible, is relevant forever. Uh, welcome to the show, Adi. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Good to have you on the show again. And I definitely uh, wanted to, I wanted you to weigh in on, I don't know how long you've been listening, but I wanted you to weigh in on some of the things that I was talking about earlier. Uh, and, and, and before we get you to weigh in, though, I, I just wanted to throw out there that, you know, Folks, I'm not saying don't send your your kids to school. You know, I'm not saying that it's not a beneficial thing to send your kids to college. But I'm just saying that maybe sometimes if your children aren't responsible now, uh, maybe they need a little bit more time in the nest. And there are a lot of alternatives. You know, they don't kids don't always have to go off to school. Maybe they have to grow up a little bit. And, and maybe some schools in their community or in the next city over or, you know, 
two-year schools or community colleges or junior colleges or whatever. So there are a lot of alternatives out there. I just simply think that you're putting your children in a bad spot and in a bad space if they already aren't responsible and if you mix them in the pot with more responsible people, more irresponsible people. Ali, what do you think about that? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think, though, it starts, um, you know, before then. The parents need to be aware of who they're sending their children or entrusting their children to every day from the time they start school because the teachers, uh, we have a lot of good teachers out there, but there are so many who have been taught in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the universities in secular humanism, and the only reason they teach is to pass it on to get more disciples for secular humanism. And, uh, you know, so every, you were talking about how long the children are in school. Well, it's like dropping them off at, a, at an enemy camp for uh, 8, 9, 10, 12 hours. You are entrusting um, the, your children to these teachers for indoctrination. And uh, they're teaching them things that you do not believe in, that you don't stand for. And, and so they're indoctrinating your children, and you come up with children that you don't even know. And then, you know, as they get into high school, it even gets worse. Then they get into college, it even gets worse. I uh, saw an interview some time ago uh, with a um, professor from NC State University. And he, to a question, he answered, um, if the children come to our universities with the values of their churches and their families intact, that is not their fault. But if they leave our four-year institutions with those things still intact, then we as educators have failed them. And people need to realize that there are teachers out there that are after their children to steal them, to steal their values, to 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 steal everything that you know they teach at home and if they spend eight to nine hours at school and then the parents only spend maybe 20 minutes or an hour before they go to bed with their kids guess who has the upper hand you know so in going to we have um um here in charlotte they have um uncc and i believe they have like 25,000 students and there's always something going on that either, you know, not just at this school but others too, but they're either drugged or they are raped or even as they go along the pathways where they're supposed to have, you know, cameras and so on. So you're right when you say, you know, fathers, what are you sending your daughters to? Because, uh, you know, there are people out there that are just predators, and that's all they're waiting for, for this new batch of girls to come in and then uh, they have also done tests in the first year, they say it's just party time. So people yep. that have saved all of their lives to send their children to college, they're just wasting their money. They're just providing, you know, uh, room and board and whatever uh, to these kids the first year, and it's just for nothing. You know, just absolutely nothing. And recently, they, you know, even with the... Uh, name brands, so to speak, Ivy League colleges, people just really save hard, a lot of them, and, uh, you know, to get them in there. Well, Syracuse University was this past week named the party school of the year. And sometimes that is what kids, uh, how kids choose the colleges or universities that they go to. 
So, you know, your idea of uh, having them go locally or, you know, or to a community college or something like that to learn some discipline um, is, is better than sending them off to another city to, you know, to a big-name university when they don't have that, when they don't, you know, get the tests and when they don't show up for class after partying and so on, you know. So it's just uh, everything that you said is, is so, and people need to, you know, take that into consideration before they send their children off. They're sending them into danger, and it's, you know, getting worse because people that do not attend college, that are not students, show up on campuses and uh, cause mischief or shootings even and then so on. You know, so it's not like it was, you know, even a few years ago. It just has really become a bad place to uh, send your, you know, children off to a college like that, I mean, to, or to a university. So, um, you know, I, uh, I agree with you. I um, agree with you also about a car. Since I come to this country, I always thought that giving uh, a kid a car at 16 was the stupidest thing anybody could do. They are <laughs> at that at that age, uh, other than an infancy, that is, those are the most selfish years in a person's life. And oh, yes. to hand and to hand them uh, a deadly weapon, which a car is, is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, and then when my kids were going to school, there was a certain street, and a month after they, and I felt sorry for these people in this very, very sharp curve about, you know, a lot of kids, a month after they would get their car, would kill themselves on a tree in their front yard because they, they were taking the, the curb too fast. And so, you know, and, and we had a, a hard time with our kids, you know, but I was able to push things off with my youngest son until he was 18. You know, I was, I was going to be the bad guy anyway afterwards for letting him drive or whatever, so I decided to be oh, yeah. the bad guy beforehand. Oh, yeah. you know, definitely so, got to be the bad guy. And I don't know, you know, why the car manufacturers have to produce cars that go from uh, zero to 160 in five minutes or less, you know, and, and around here. And around here, we live around uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and everybody thinks they're Dale Earnhardt or Dale Earnhardt Jr. or whatever their race driver is, you know. I, so I love it's, my, so I, it's I love just, my fast cars, Dr. Christ. <laughs> well, I love, I love my fast cars, but I, I understand. Well, but you're older than 16. I am. You're older I than am. 16, so those... you still you know, know the consequences and so on, where they don't. They talk, they text. You know, and, and they're not the only ones that, that talk and text, but when they are with three and four kids in one car, and in North Carolina you can't do that anymore, um, then, uh, you know, they're distracted. And, and so, you know, here the past week there were, I think, three or four different car wrecks because they were going too fast or they took the curve too fast or, you know, ran into somebody's house and, and demolished the house. So, you know, a lot of what you said, you know, is, is so, and uh, people are so set, uh, parents are so set still in the times when we, they went to college. They need to realize how things really have changed the whole college life, uh, you know, just like our country. There are bad elements around, and, and um, they just need to, you know, be uh, uh, more vigilant, you know, uh, uh, about these right. kids. And the daughter, you know. That, 
that's definitely something that uh, vigilance is definitely something I support. I, and, I, and I think, you know, when you look at it all, I think it boils back down to teaching your children um, to be responsible and holding and holding them accountable. And that's not what's going on a lot today. And, um, you know, when I look at high school, when I look at schools, period, I look at schools and I look at college and, it, and more so especially college, but definitely any school institution, they're more like small communities, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we take our children to school and they go to these communities that they belong to. And, you know, within that community, so many things happen and so much is going on, but they adapt to those things and they learn how to, you know, avoid this person and those type of people and they go on about themselves. And, you know, majority of the time our children are responsible when they're in schools, but when you have the administrators and I'll just say the police of those communities, you know, when they when you have those people and they're irresponsible and they're trying to, for lack of a better word, indoctrinate your children into believing what what they want them to believe, uh, and you've taught your children something different, you know, there's going to be conflict there. And, and I think a part of that is spiritual warfare as well, because if you raise your children to understand who God is and what God is, and they understand the morals that you've instilled inside of them, it's going to be conflict sometimes uh, within the school place, within the school or the, or the workplace even, but especially on the college campus. So uh, that brings me into common core. Um, there are can a I lot say of something administrators. Yes, Can I ma'am. say something Absolutely. about what you just said? Um, yes, ma'am. What parents, what parents don't realize either is that there are students that are not Christians on campus that would just love to lead your children astray and from the morals that they have. And, and they also do that by, by um, drugs, by dropping things in their drinks and, and spiking their drinks and so on. So they Absolutely. need to be aware that there are people that are just because they have morals. When I came over here and, and, and um, I was married, but we were in the military um, uh, scenario, and my husband then, I, you know, and I was young, and my husband said, do not accept the drink from anybody. Do not let anybody refill your drink. They would love nothing more than spike your drink and, and do something to you. And, and that is what, you know, some of the kids come. That, that is, you know, they have conquered something, and parents need to know that. You know, it's not... What, what they think it is, not romantic and, and, you know, like they see in the movies and so on. But anyway, I just wanted to, you know, because you brought that up, uh, that sure. makes, you know, I just wanted to mention that that makes them targets if they say they're Christians. So anyway. Absolutely. We, we see that in entertainment, too. Shout out to Tim Tebow and those people who aren't scared to talk about the Christian faith. Um, I, Common Core, let me just move on to this. and okay. uh, and And then I want you to... I want you to go directly into your book because I definitely want to talk about your book tonight. Uh, Common Core for a lot of America who believes in it is a beautiful thing. I'm one of those people who do not support Common Core at all because I've seen my children do homework backwards. Okay, let me just let me just say that, and I'll get into the details later. But for a lot of people who explain what Common Core is and the benefits of it. They will tell you that common core, the Common Core curriculum is good because it pushes your children to think forward without going to the old arithmetic and the old tactics that were taught in yesteryear. It prepares them for a new way and a new way of thinking in life. Now, 
What do you think? What's your take they're on Common Core? Yeah, they're 100% wrong. Because Common Core does not have a curriculum. Common Core does not teach anything to bring the best out in your children. Uh, the proponents of Common Core use what I call doublespeak. They use mm-hmm. the words that we are used to, but they have a different meaning. So when they say Common Core standards, that does not mean a level of things as they grow them up. Co- common Core standards, the way they mean it, is their rules. So they are just rules, and they are testing the kids to death. They're not teaching them anything. They might, you know, teach at a certain grade level. They're, they're, to begin with, the, the Common Core, uh, whatever they expect the, the teachers to do, they're not age-appropriate. And, and they are teaching uh, something or, or attempt to teach something in class, mm-hmm. but then, let's say, like third grade. But then when it comes to testing, then they give them fifth-grade tests. And these tests, they do not measure what children know, that, te- that it teaches uh, what they don't know. Because each test um, and, uh, that, they, um, that the children have to take uh, costs $35 in most states. If they fail it, then they have to buy a book. The book is $135. Mm-hmm. And, then they have to take, and then they have to take the test again. And see, so the people uh, that that are administering uh, this, the um, you know, the, the Bill Gates and so on, who has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on it already, and who stands to make more, uh, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, they see our children as subjects that they can direct whichever way they as, as a commodity, how to make them richer. Absolutely. And so, because they they. You can see that if you multiply by all the students in a state, you know, $35, and, and they know they're going to fail. The tests are set up to fail. And uh, then they have to buy the book, and then they have to test again. That's $200 at least. And, and so when the, the people are for it, they are interpreting what is being explained to them with their vocabulary, but the people that are doing the teaching of, uh, to the parents mean something completely different. So instead of having standards where you can measure their knowledge or how much they have learned, they mean that standards are just rules that they have made up to you know, get the kids indoctrinated. When they say college and career ready, most people think for your college career at a bank or something like that. That's not what they mean. College, they're teaching two community colleges, and career ready means like a trade school and for a job, not what we call a career. Right. And so they're, you know, they're playing with words like, you know, I don't know how many people would be on here that remember, you know, when, when the communists, uh, you know, were with the Cold War. And the, they, the Russians did that. They used mm-hmm. our language to confuse everybody because we understood them to say one thing when they really meant something else. And so, you know, but, uh, people are going to wake up eventually that their kids aren't learning. They are not meant to, I mean, schools 
and, and common core is not meant to bring out in children what God has deposited in them. Um, they mean for them to become willing workers, do whatever they, what, you know, is, uh, the government says to them, and don't say anything. Don't have your own opinion. You know, they, and they're m- making it worse all the time. Now they, they don't even have to teach cursive writing anymore. They, uh, somebody was in a... Uh, astonished they were reading something from a child in an English class there was no mm-hmm. punctuation or you can even see that on Facebook or you know some of the other places no capitalization no nothing no grammar whatever the children think is right that is considered right and they don't ha- they don't have a paradigm to fall back on they don't know you know and so you were talking about numbers and, and uh, one way to that people parents started fighting back is to show that the, the test pages from their children's classes, which were supposed to be secret. But one of the ones that I remember and is fairly easy to understand is uh, um, a mother had copied um, a, a test that her son brought home from school on Facebook, and on it it said. Uh, it had a question like 300 and, uh, 291 plus uh, 354. And so, you know, when you, the way you and I do it, it comes out to 645. Well, mm-hmm. what, the, what it said on the test was that uh, the 291, they rounded down to 200. Remember, over 50, you're supposed to round up. Then there was the other one, the 354, they also had rounded that down to 300. So the answer, the answer that was acceptable to the teacher was 500. So acceptable. I showed it to a, a restaurant manager, and I asked her, would you hire this person? And she said, I wouldn't let him near my till. I showed it to a builder. Wow. I said, would you hire this person? And he said, no, I need my houses to stand. So there are certain, <laughs> things, there are certain things that have to stay the same. You cannot play around with it. You know, if you're going, if you're going to be an architect, they have to have the basis of how things work and not what a child thinks they ought, how they ought to work. You know, I mean, it, there's just no way around reality. that. Yeah, you, you, know, you, have kids to, you have to live in reality. <laughs> right. You know, people are you know? all living in reality. And even now, if you give a per- a lot of times, if you give a person, uh, you know, some cash at a register, if the register did not tell them how much money to give back, they wouldn't know. They couldn't give you cash back with their own brain. Right. You know, I've seen that. And, and so... So this is, you know, more of what is being played into. Our children um, are turned, are being turned into drones that don't, that can't think for themselves. So we are, you know, uh, we're having peddlers of our kids that, that uh, you know, they can benefit from our children and get rich super rich and and there are many out there and our children just won't you know benefit at the same time you know local government state government and federal government keep increasing taxes they're 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 uh, taxing our children to death they will never be able to pay anything back or have a life of their own as they increase taxes 
that, that it has to be, you know, all of these entities have to become cash monsters that, that just swallows up money. You know, so we're just not doing our children right either, you know, by standing up and demanding that they get old, tested, you know, um, math and English, you do not make up your own rules. As a society, you can't survive if everybody thinks their rules are better than the other ones. You know, and so that is where you, you see that going on now with all the division that there is. Everybody's feelings get hurt, or everybody wants their view to be top. You know, you can't have a civilized society that can survive if everybody thinks they're Napoleon. You know, so... That, that, uh, that, you know, speaking on, just adding to something you just said, speaking on uh, having their own opinion, I, I want you to listen to this clip. I'm going to play a clip of something that Bill Gates said. And I, you know, he was speaking on Common Core. It's only a one minute, one minute thirty clip. I just want you to hear uh, what Bill Gates said, being that you uh, brought his name up, and being that he is at the head of this, uh, what we know as Common Core Initiative or this Common Core Education. Uh, check this clip out, folks. In terms of standards, the state-led Common Core State Standards Initiative is developing clear, rigorous standards that will match the best in the world. Last month, 46 governors and chief state school officers made a public commitment to embrace those standards. This is encouraging, but identifying common standards is just the starting point. We'll only know if this effort has succeeded when the curriculum and tests are aligned to these standards. Secretary Arne Duncan recently announced that $350 million of the stimulus package will be used to create just these kinds of tests, next-generation assessments aligned to the common core. When the tests are aligned to the common standards, the curriculum will line up as well, and it will unleash a powerful market of people providing services for better teaching. For the first time, there'll be a large uniform base of customers looking at using products that can help every kid learn and every teacher get better. Imagine having the people who create great online video games applying their intelligence to online tools that pull kids in and make algebra and other subjects fun. So that, there's Bill Gates. Uh, basically saying uh, where we could use our tax dollars, okay, or, or our own individual money and and benefit in the Common Core curriculum and making it better, it seems like. So he's, he's definitely he's, an advocate. Yeah. He's definitely he's an advocate misleading. for Common Core. I'm yeah. sorry? He's, he's misleading. The, the, the people... Yeah, the people that, uh, the, the governors that he, you know, adopted, uh, let me read uh, something here to you. Common Core Standards Initiative is a set of standards developed by the National Governors Association and the Council of Chief State School Officers, and they form a set of academic standards to be used um, in common across all states. That is double talk because there, there is no curriculum. There are only tests. They are testing so much the, the little kids. 
are having, they, they go back to bedwetting, they go back to pulling hair, they, pu- they go and, and, and they, from lively children, become depressed children. I just saw something where uh, I think he was a third grader, uh, was an A student within six months of under Common Core. Uh, he ha- his parents um, had to spend eventually $3,000 on psychological uh, uh, help. And he drew a picture of himself. He he completely withdrew and was nearly a basket case. And and he's the one that was talking about that, about how everything you know makes him feel. Um, they are they're not teaching content. They are teaching to the test because that's where the money is. And um, so when they side align with Common Core, people don't really see what the common core things really are they are not teaching and the the teachers are going to be just facilitators they are expected to teach these uh, the results for the test they they teach towards the test a lot of the good teachers the older teachers are leaving the profession because they cannot put up with this they cannot it cannot be tailored to a child uh, you know there are four different ways of learning and and they you know they cannot use that anymore there's only one way if you have a child with disability uh, that's not considered in there I heard a, a special ed teacher talk about that and so it is just their way or no way and, and you know, so they're just all of these different things. Some of the small children that um, you know, they are put in a room and the tests. Small children, they're, they're put in a room and the tests are six hours long. If you have a very very smart child, he will be put in that class because he will not do the subjects or answer them the way they want them to. So he, with these other kids, will be in that classroom, and after six hours, they don't have anything on the paper because they can't figure out what the tests want. And and some of the the, the parents that this thing that I watched and the students, they were talking about. Um, just to answer one math question, they sometimes have three pages or more of instruction on how to solve that. Mm-hmm. And so it's all of this thing, because, it, like I said, it's their way or no way, uh, or, or no way and it's just to get them. The testing will be done on the computer. There is nobody that you can object to. You cannot say anything to the teacher because they have no other answers. You can't go to the principal because he doesn't know. You can't go to the state and he doesn't know. So eventually, you know, somebody might listen to it in Washington, but these tests are graded in Washington by anonymous persons. You don't know who they are, and you don't know. You don't have any recourse if you find that your child is not going along or is falling behind or any of these things. So he Gates, because he has made a lot of money, is misleading the people. And he and his company uh, have this program called Achieve, where that that they're using to you know indoctrinate this whole program. But mm-hmm. with uh, with these Common Core requirements, every every computer in every school is going to have to be replaced because the present computers cannot work uh, with with the Common Core initiative or whatever they want to call it, but the Common Core program. And so who's going to make the money? Bill Gates. 
there's one company that makes up these tests. There's one company that grades these tests. There's one company that certifies the teachers in teaching this. There's only one company, and this is a company that's stationed in Ireland. So everything that has to do with the education of our children comes through this one company. And see, they don't talk about all of these, you know, different things. And as far as the governors, the governors in 2009 were presented with this program because all of the governors were, all of the states were strapped for money. And so the governor, uh, the federal government came along and says, we have a way of getting you some money. This is what you can sign up for, and we give you this money for a race to the top, or you get you know, vouchers and you don't have to do this, and we give you credit. The program, the Common Core program, had not even been written. They signed up, sight unseen. And then when later on, when they found out what it was, they've been many, many states, including North Carolina, have worked to get out of it because they saw it. But it was, they got, they got tricked. And some of the tests even now, they are being written as we speak because they haven't, you know, the, the stuff that they're supposed to be tested on that's supposed to be in there hasn't been written yet. So they make it up. And so, you know, it sounds good, but it, but it is not good. And, and uh, like I say, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even, um, they signed it in 2009, but by 2011, 2012, they still had not written the programs. So, you know, they are flying by the seats of their pants, the people that write Common Core. And it is just to, if you ever have seen the Chinese people, the soldiers, march in step in that big open area, that is what they want our children to do. And that is what they, you know, some of the educators have even said. It goes back to the 1900s. I think it was uh, uh, Dewey who is, you know, his way of teaching, which is, you know, communist and socialist, what has been used in teachers' colleges for 150 years. And then there are others from the early 1900s that said, we just need to teach them so in the long run they will do what we tell them to do. And we don't have enough, you know, time on here to go through all of these things, but it's been going on for a long time. It has yeah. changed names. When my kids were in school, then, you know, as a lot of people that listen might be able to remember a term called new math, the kids were just as frustrated as they are with the common core math. It did not make any sense. And it never, you know, uh, when I talked to people, yeah, they remember, and they said, I never could use it in real life. It just didn't make any sense. And the same thing with what they teach now. But if a child, like the problem that I gave you earlier, if a child thinks 500 is correct instead of 645, as long as he can convince the teacher that that is what he sees, she will accept that. And then there's another a, a test that was copied by one of the parents, but it's hard to talk about, you know, just on the phone. But you and I, if it says minus, you know, we like, let's say, 54 minus 24, we put them under mm -hmm. each other and we come up with an answer. Well, they have such a convoluted four-step program that you will scratch your head and think, how in the world did they come up with this? Backwards you know, math. and it, it, it is just, just average math. And so these t the t when, they say, when they say curriculum, they mean indoctrination. 
and it only gets worse. Here, I was made aware uh, earlier this week of something that is called, like for a push for the classes, and it's more in high school and, and uh, so on. Now, the father of this, or one of the people that is really behind this, his name is David Coleman. He comes from, mm-hmm. a, he is now the director of the, the college entrance board, and, and he has made, uh, I mean, he's behind Common Core, and he is now redesigning and rewriting American history. The first book that came out is called A New Framework, and this one teacher who has written uh, other history books, he said we knew, you know, it needed some to the book and the framework. Uh, the framework is like a, a plan to teach it for the whole year. He said we, needed, we knew it needed some tweaking because some rulers had changed and some boundaries had changed and so on. He said, but then when he finally found out what they were doing, they had come up with a 98-page framework of how teachers were supposed to do this. There, but then there are no founding fathers in there. There is no Benjamin Franklin. There is George Washington gets mentioned once for something that he said in his farewell speech. The books are gone. Um, uh, Thomas Jefferson isn't in there. The book um, City on the Hill isn't there. Roger Williams isn't mentioned. Uh, like I said, Ben Franklin and George Washington. I mean, all of that is in this new what they're supposed to be teaching in history, and it's supposed to start this fall. It is so new the textbooks haven't even been written. In there, um, the, the, the purpose for America is white superiority and rigid racial, uh, rigid racial hierarchy. And, um, I mean, they are just, uh, you know, turning everything upside down. There is no World War II. There is no Dwight D. Eisenhower in there. There is no uh, Truman in there. There is no Martin Luther King mentioned in there. There is no mention of his speech in there. Uh, You know, it is just incredible. I mean, just crazy. Whereas the teacher before before they had 640 multiple choice questions for students for eight Mm -hmm. tests, there is now one test. All of that is gone. There is one test for the students. It's a secret test. Nobody knows who wrote it. Nobody knows what's in it. You know, n- nothing. But the students need to pass it in order to, you know, to go on to college. So this and, and that, like Common Core, is copyrighted. So teachers cannot make any changes or anything to that. And so uh, they can't be scrutinized. It can, you know, you can't find out whether it's fair or balanced. And so they just have, you know, completely anonymous written, you know, framework. And, uh, oh, by the way, Rosa Parks isn't in there. Uh, um, Reagan, President Reagan isn't there in his Berlin speech. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. And that is what the teachers are expected to teach you know, as they get into high school and so on. And, and everything is just uh, socialist and communist. Uh, the only mention, you know, from the Second World War, oh, Hitler isn't in there either in the atrocities. Um, the atomic bomb is, is mentioned, and it just says it makes you think and wonder, you know, what America's values were. That's it. Uh, the, Muskegee wow. Airmen aren't, the Muskegee Airmen aren't mentioned in there. And, and, you know, Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg isn't mentioned in there. Everything is, you know, like leftist views and everything that, that you know, that we would call communist. And so why, why that do you think was, most teachers, why, why, why do you think uh, a lot of teachers, well, well, I can't say a lot of teachers aren't making fuss about it because a lot of them are, but, you know, it, it's, it's not, 
uh, across the nation. It's not one accord uh, where you're seeing a lot of a lot of teachers making a big fuss about uh, Common Core and and teachers being able to teach their curriculum. Why why, why don't we see a push like that? Well, the the plan is, in all of this, the plan is to get rid of the older teachers that still know what I just all, that I wrote, uh, read to you. And right. then uh, there's another group that have bought into this common core thing because they don't know any better, and they want to protect their jobs, so they will get re-educated by the government, which means they will be taught the um, uh, you know the, what we just talked about uh, the Common Core and and all of that the socialist leftist view, and if they get sick and tired of it because they see what it does to the kids, then um, they have um, a group of people that are from Teach America that will take over, and they have had all of six months training in teaching, mm-hmm. and they will then teach our children. That is the way that it's set up to work, and for them to get the uh, uh, to get the upper hand. So it is, you know, um, um, parents just need to speak up. They need to see that that and understand that there are people out there that want to use their children to turn America upside down, and Absolutely. we're still using our paradigms, how we grew up. And sometimes we have had, you know, questionable presidents and so on, but then eventually the next election, you know, things worked out. And that's kind of what they think is going to happen with this. And, and they don't understand these people behind all of this. They're serious. They want America. They want, you know, and then you add the Muslim, you know, agenda to that. They want to see um, America six feet under the whole country and take it over. And they, that is so foreign to American thinking. Like, they, they can't understand how somebody would take their country that has been so blessed and turn it upside down and do away with it. You know, and any time somebody does something, you know, good, uh, uh, the, other, the other side says, well, that offends us. Well, I'm offended by the people that say they're offended. They shouldn't come to this country <laughs> they don't like it. If they, you know, I'm like, I'm with you on a lot that of people, one. I, I think... I think for a, a lot of folks, see, a lot of people, they look at what we're talking about, um, Dr. Christ, and they think that, you know, we're speculating or we're extremists in our views and we just don't believe that. When, especially when you talk they, about the Council of Governors for a second, you know, the Governors yeah, Association. All they, need, yeah, all they need to do is find out for themselves. The people that complain the most don't investigate. All of what I have talked about, what we have talked about, can be verified. They Absolutely. just get lazy and, and listen to people. And the other, you know, evil always seems to have a, a better argument, so to speak. A more persuasive argument yeah. probably would be better. Mm-hmm. And the, but people mm-hmm. that complain don't do the, their own investigating. They complain about the politicians they elect, but they never investigated them before they cast their vote for that politician. You can't have it both ways. You know, but all of this is out there, and I can't give you, the show is not long enough to give you all of the um, references where they can find this out for themselves. But they're available, and they can find it out for themselves, and they can, you know, to go to the Heritage Foundation or the John Locke Foundation, and, and they have it all, you know, documented and so on. And so if anybody doesn't believe something, Something that I have said is not just off the top of my head. I'm surrounded right. by papers. 
you know, and I, I can't be uh, backed up. So, uh, uh, and I have, n- not to this degree, but for 50 years I have warned, if you don't get involved, this kind of scenario is a possibility. You know, and I hate to say that because I don't want that to happen to America. You know, I, I, I don't it, think it's any just, of us. That's right. I don't think any of us want it to happen. I mean, I think we love our country. We definitely love God's people. And I just think it's important to get information like this out to people so it can, you know, it can shake up and rattle what's inside of your head and it can get folks to thinking and start to realize that, you know, everything that on the, that's on the surface is not what it seems. There's, there's more right. to this. There's a reason why something is tugging at your soul. There's a reason why you feel uncomfortable with some of the things you're seeing, that's the reason why you feel a certain type of way, you know, that's guy waking us up and saying, hey, you know, there's more to this, there's more to this, you know, go read and go learn more about this. Um, KRP Radio Show, on the air with Dr. Artie Christ, um, author of the book, His um, God is Not Dead, His Word, the Bible is Relevant Forever. Um, Dr. Christ, I want to ask you about your book. We got about 10 minutes. I went over on the show, especially for you, because, you know, we get to talking about things. And we don't get to go into detail a lot because the show is so short. So we're we're over 10 minutes, 12 minutes. We're going to go over 10 more as we talk about your book. But I I just want to put this one more point out. And I'm not trying to talk you guys to death about Common Core. I definitely feel some type of way about it. It's something that is near and dear to my heart. But I I think I I want to put this point out to people. Uh, Talking about or just looking into uh, the National Governors, Governors Association I want people to understand that this is a bipartisan group, right? This is not a left-wing group. This is not a right-wing group. This is a bipartisan group of governors, okay? Uh, Founded in 1909, I think, 1908, 1909, one of the two by the the President Roosevelt. I think it's important for people to understand that this is not a political issue. Like, this is not a political thing. This is not something that... The left can look at the right and say, you know, you guys are doing this, or the right can look at the left and say, you're doing this. This is just reality that's going on to all of us pressured by the federal government. These are the things that they do. This is what happens at night when we're not paying attention. This is what they're doing when we're not holding them accountable. You know, they're putting things like this into society, and we go along with it like we do everything else. I also think it's important for people to understand that, that that same governor's association has a lot to do with homeland security. They oversee decisions regarding health and, and, and Medicaid and Medicare and all federal programs. So it's important to know that these people have, they, they have a major impact on what goes on in our communities and also natural resources too. So, you know, folks don't look at this as if, as if, as if it's a political issue because it's not, this is just reality. This is what's happening. It's Republican governors, Democrat governors, it's presidents. It's all of them combined. Both parties have got together on this thing, and a lot of Republicans believe in Common Core. A lot of Democrats believe in Common Core, and this is not a beneficial thing to our society. Dr. Chris, let me ask you about your book. Oh, can I, yeah, I love one more thing. God is not dead. So okay, can I, can I mention one thing? You brought in the Homeland Security. You know where states yes, from ma'am, North absolutely. Carolina is. Okay, here this past week, the EPA and Homeland Security came down, swooping down like a military uh, um, a maneuver onto a couple's house. They turned it upside down, and they confiscated, and they, they did all of that because they said their, cars did, their car did not measure up to the emission standards. Wow. 
What? <laughs> and so people people need to pay attention. You know, exactly. this is right here an hour from us. They it was like like I say like a military operation only because mm-hmm. their their oh, car didn't that. measure up. I got you. You know, I, I so anyway, so you you know, people just need to know that that's going on and withdrawing and saying, oh, I just don't want to have a thing to do with it. That's not working. You know, that's you just can't do that. But anyway, on to the book. On to the book. Tell us about the book. The, the book, the book, the book. The book was born. The idea for it was born in 1966. Um, on Good Friday, Time Magazine came out with an ominous uh, cover story. The book was, I mean, their magazine was black and red, and it had in big letters on there, Is God Dead? And yep, the inside of it, the, the, uh, the contributors to this article, they, they made me so mad. They were so liberal and so far off, and they, you know, they even wanted to start a church, a, dominate, a, a denomination without God. You know, and everything that was written in there, it just absolutely just blew me away. But I didn't know enough about the Bible, but I wanted to eventually write something. So I studied the Bible. I studied the God, God's character and, and did that for about eight years, followed, you know, the news and so on. So uh, although it doesn't cover everything you would you'd have a book that would be like a foot thick if you covered every argument to show that god is not dead but i just picked out some things that would make it readable for the people the subject kind of is covered is called apologetics but apologetics sometimes i think the guys the people that write those things are just right to impress each other they don't they use 100 dollar words and 50 dollar words and talk physics and it's over <laughs> everybody's head but the times are coming and they're here now where regular people need to understand that god is who he says he is he is the almighty god they can count on him he is Amen. hasn't abdicated his throne you know and there all of every word that he says in the bible has been fulfilled and so the first part of the book it just um shows how the bible verifies itself the second part is you know says well if that isn't enough just read in your newspaper you know so i uh, show some of the things like the scoffers and the pestilences and all of these natural disasters and so on because people can relate to that and um you know and i stopped uh really uh doing research in this dead writing i stopped before uh, the last president or the president we have now before he came in because again the book would be so thick and so many other disasters have happened you know and i wanted it to be small enough and and readable enough to for people so they could understand that what's happening was forecast you know in the bible and god is so exact um the university of texas uh, gave students this test. You know, the Old Testament just refers to Jesus coming, the Son of God coming, and there are 800 references to that um, in the Old Testament. So the University of Texas gave students an assignment, and it said to find out the probability of only eight of those things, not 800, eight coming to pass in one person. And the result was, that if you covered the state of Texas one foot high 
with silver dollars and you threw in one gold dollar and then you told a diver to dive in and you expected him to come up on the first dive with that gold dollar, that is the probability of eight prophecies coming true in one person. Wow. So, you know, and Jesus fulfilled all 800. Mm -hmm. There was not one left out. And so that's the kind of God that people can rely on, that his, his character is impeccable. You know, it was, Satan has tried since he was in heaven to dethrone God, to throw him off. And, and sometimes people think, you know, that, that he's as big as God. Well, he's not. He's a created being. God created him also. You know, so this is just um, um, a book to tell people that God is not dead. He is on their side, and in these troubled times, they can rely on him, and he will do everything that he has said. And so, you know, it just seems that even though I started the idea, you know, like in 1966, uh, that um, it's now coming to pass, and now seems to be the time that people need to hear that. You know, that, that he is who he says he is, that Jesus says, you know, is who he says he is. And the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is the one that is now teaching us. And a lot of people don't know that that is, they say they believe in the Trinity, but they always just talk about the Father and the Son. And the Holy mm. Spirit is kind of like a tail. You know, no, in order right. to have a Trinity, you have to have all three equal. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would not come with his own agenda. He would uh, verify that everything Jesus said about himself is true and that mm-hmm. he would pass along everything that the Father knows that we need. And so he is our teacher. He is our strength. And so this is just to reassure people, you know, that, that he, God hasn't gone away. Jesus' blood has not become of none effect you know, and the Holy Spirit is still here to teach us. So get closer to God, and he will carry you through these times. I'm uh, writing another book, too, and it is it will be called Blessed Assurance, Fear Not, because that goes through all the Bible. And um, I was listening to pastors years ago, and they said there are 365 fear nots in the Bible, one enough for every day. And it was like the uh, God poked me on the shoulder and said, there need there are tons more. You need to find out where they are and show them to people, so that, because they're not going to look it up themselves. So I'm just about mm-hmm. finished, uh, you know, doing that because it does say in the Bible that times will come where people's heart will fail because of fear. And so the words aren't always fear not. You know, they're they're variations of it. Somebody said, oh, I just go to the computer. You know, I can, I can pull that up. Well, they pulled up 150, and that was it. You know, but there are, you know, there are things like don't be afraid and, and you know, you won't be disappointed and, and all kinds of stuff. So people will be, you know, able to open up this book, and, and any, anywhere they read, they will find reassurance, you know, from God, fear not. And in order for them to believe that, they need to know God's character, and that God is not a liar. You know, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and uh, 
uh, he did not when he made Adam. He did not make model A, model B, and model. You know, he he made Adam, and the same uh, psychological uh, needs that he had, we, you still find in us. The inside of uh, it doesn't matter where you're from or what your color is. Your inside, if they cut you open for surgery, they're still where he put them. It doesn't matter if you get surgery here or if you get surgery in China or if you get, you know, have surgery in Australia. We're still all the same, and that is why the Bible will forever be relevant because we go in circles just like the uh, Israelites wandered in, you know, in circles for four years in the wilderness. Well, we still do the same thing. It, you know, mm-hmm. we start out, there's a revival, and, and everybody is, you know, getting close to God, and he is doing his work, and then as it goes on, people drift away, and they drift into trouble, and then, you know, uh, God has to eventually rescue them, and that is where we are now. People, you know, just need to know that, and I'm looking for a revival, but people need encouragement between now and when the vi- revival gets here. So that's what this book is supposed to be about, to be an encouragement, to tell people that it doesn't matter what year it is, and now or 100 years from now or whatever, if Jesus hasn't come back, God's word still is the truth. Amen to that. And with, on that note, we're going to – well, first, before we close the show, i got to ask you um, if you could let the people know where they could get a copy of the book, where they could get a hold of the book maybe where they can donate to the cause. Uh, any information that you have on the book will be absolutely wonderful. Okay. The book right now is available on uh, Kindle, and within the next couple of days it will be available on Amazon at CreateSpace slash eStore, and um, uh, you know, they can order it there if they have any questions, whether it's this um, topic, my book, or if they want to write you, they can, you know, have questions or send you questions about Common Core and so on, and maybe we can answer their questions, you know, sometime if you have the time. So uh, they can find they can find all of that information and contact information to me is in the book. And so um, I just appreciate you, you know, allowing me to um, talk about the book. Appreciate it. You always have a platform here. I'm a huge fan of yours, Dr. Chris. I love your message. I love what you have to say. And you have taught me a lot over these few years that we've known each other. So I'm definitely at your beck and call. Remember that as well. Um, So no thanks needed. You know, your family here. Praise the Lord. That's the (laughs) way we do stuff. Praise God. So, folks, you have, you know, you are willing to put it out there for the people to help them, and that's important. You know, your voice is important to be heard. Well, I appreciate that. And shout out to everybody out there who listens to the show. Remember, God is love. Love is God. You are definitely B.I.G. in my book, and I really appreciate the love that you guys show to us on the KRP Radio Show on a daily and weekly basis. Remember, we have an app. Go to the Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. We're also on iTunes, and iTunes is blowing up. Um, folks, we got some plans for the show, man. We plan on moving and doing some different things. Just stay tuned and stay with us, folks. It's not your average show. We talk about some things that most people are probably afraid to talk about, and we ain't scared of nothing because we are believers in God. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. It is what it is. You ain't got to like it. We love it. Uh, I'm out of here, folks. One love. I'll check you guys out next week, same time, same place. And make sure you get the book, folks. Look it up. Do whatever you got to do. 
Tell a friend about the show. We'll check you guys out next week. Communication is the key. When you come across somebody, make sure you say hello, and then you can begin to get your message across. One love. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie.